0: good morning
1: Okay, welcome to the village church where our mission is to know jesus to enjoy jesus and to glorify jesus in all things our mission our vision is broken people coming together to embrace and extend jesus's love um if you are a guest today welcome there are guest information cards in the back right outside that door and then our thanks um Reminder: The nursery is open today, so if you have any young toddlers, uh, you can you can put them in there for your comfort. At the Village Church, we believe get the giving of t- tithes and offerings are an, an are an act of worship. You may give to the vision and mission at the church by using the link on our webpage at slash give Mailing a check to our address. To at Virginia Boulevard, Huntsville 35811, or after the service, dropping your offering off in the designated area in the back of the sanctuary. Today's worship, we will celebrate communion. And today, kids and youth begin their spring term along with our new program for two- to four-year-olds, First Steps. Please see the back of the worship guide for the spring schedule for First Steps, Village Kids and Youth. And there will be a youth ministry meeting after the worship gathering today. Pastor Alex wants all youth and their parents or guardians to attend. He also wants anyone who is interested in learning about the youth ministry and anyone who has a desire to serve in the youth ministry to attend. Block note and email went out about this meeting. But if you need a reminder about the purpose of the meeting, there are copies of the announcement on the table in the back of the sanctuary. Volunteers are also needed for the spring term of Village Kids. Anyone who is interested, please contact Mary Lynn Blom. Her email address is listed in the worship guide. Our Enter the Village class taught by elders and church leaders is a class taught periodically through the year where you will learn about biblical basis of the beliefs of our denomination, our particular church, how we function, and what membership means. The class is required for membership, but taking a class doesn't obligate you to to membership. There's a sign-up sheet located in the back of the Information Center desk by the front doors where you can indicate your interest in taking this class. On Wednesday, April, April 13th, our corporate prayer is at 7 p.m. in the church or via Zoom. Thank you. Oh, and is Josh McClure here today? Well t if anyone sees him today, today is his birthday, so if you see him you can tell him happy birthday. Uh these are your announcements. Govern yourselves accordingly. We'll now have us have a song of meditation.
2: Oh boy. Um, Let's take a few moments right now to uh, individually and corporately prepare our hearts and minds for worship. Quietly, silently bow where you are and talk to the Lord. Father um, it is a it's a privilege to call you that It's a privilege to know that we um, serve the true and living God, and there is none like you, and we say that so easily, but there there really is none like you. No no other God like you. The way that you think of all the details. Um, you keep our hearts beating and, and blood flowing and control gravity and the, the rising of the sun and the setting of it. The way the the earth tilts and rotates on its axis at the same time. You hold our every moment, every minute, every second, every millisecond, every element, proton, neutron, to just all of the things you hold it together, there truly is none like you. And in the midst of the um, distractions of this world and the things that we don't understand and the things that we find joyful and fulfilling, you are present. You are our ever-present help. There is truly none like you. So we praise you for that this morning, Lord. And we've come into this place to worship, Lord. As our brother shared last Sunday, in talking about um, Mary, as she anointed at Jesus' feet, her act of humility, It blessed the house. Everyone in that room smelled the fragrance of her visible act of of honoring the Lord Jesus. And that really grabbed me. And so, Spirit, I pray that you would move on each and every heart in this room, from the youngest to the most seasoned. That we would remember and we would understand and be impressed upon that our coming into this place and our hearts and minds being engaged, that act of worship blesses the house. We bless each other by the way that we honor you and how we worship. Lord, help us remember that. Help me remember that. And God, I I have to confess right now, um, my heart is not still. And so I pray, Spirit, that you would move. Move in a mighty way. Fill this place with joy, joy unspeakable, full of glory. Restore to us the joy of our salvation. For this is the day that you've made. You've called us to rejoice and be glad in it. So, Father, we love you. Jesus, we love you. Spirit, we are so thankful for you. Bless this time. In Jesus' name, amen. With me. It is taken from the song Every Praise. Please join with me, Word Notes Congregation. Every praise is to our God. Every word of worship with one accord. Every praise, every praise is to our God. Sing Hallelujah to our God. Glory, hallelujah, is to our God. Every praise, every praise is to our God. Amen.
3: the famous Lali. You are all looking beautiful this morning. Let's just spend a few moments just in silence and just focusing our hearts and our minds on Jesus in praise. Through the blood of Jesus, we can enter into the Most Holy, the Holy of Holies, into your very presence here in this place. Oh, Father, you are the creator of all things. There's nothing seen, unseen, nothing that has ever been or ever will be you have not created. And all of this was created by and through and for Jesus. Father, you're the sustainer of all things. You hold all things together by the mere word of your power such that we are held together by your hand. And, Father, it's not just that you look down upon us from some high point, but you're actually our Redeemer. Through Jesus, you entered into this world, and you grabbed hold of us and saved us. It was not us that saved us, but you that saved us through the blood of Jesus. So, Father, as we go through our day-to-day lives, as we think about all the issues that we have to deal with, our troubles, we know that Jesus said in this world, you will have troubles. But take heart. I have overcome the world. Help us, Lord, to just not focus on these things around us, but to lift our eyes to the heavens and think on You and Your power and Your glory and Your honor. These things are the named Jesus. We pray.
4: Our confession of sin is from Romans 5, verse 12. Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man, and death through sin, and so death spread to all men because all had sinned. It will take a moment to reflect on that. assurance of pardon is from Romans 5 verses 1, and 12, um, 1 to 2. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him, we have also attained access by faith into this glory in which we stand, and we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Our scripture reading is Luke twenty two one through twenty three. Now the feast of un, unleavened bread drew, drew near, which is called the Passover, and the chief priests and the scribes were seeking how to put him to death, for they feared the pe- for they feared the people. Then Satan entered to, into Judas, called in secret, whose was the number of the twelve. He went away and conferred with the pr- chief priests and officers how he might betray to them, and they were glad and agreed to ha- give him money. So he consented and sought an opportunity to betray him to to, to them in absence of a crowd. Then they came then came the day of the unle- of unleavened bread, which on the Passover which the Passover lamb had to be sacrificed. So Jesus sent Peter and John saying. a large upper room furnished. Prepare it there, and they went and found it at just as he had told them. And they prepared the Passover. And when he, the hour came, he reclined at the table and the, apostles, and the apostles with him. And he said to them, I have earnestly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. And he took a cup. But behold the hand of him who betrays me is with me on the table for the Son of man goes as it has been determined but woe to that man by whom he is betrayed and they begin to question I mean they began to question one another which of them w- could be who was doing this I read to you Luke 22 verses 120
2: If you are able, please stand.
0: With the ransom in glory, his face.
5: My name is uh, Pastor Alex Shipman. I'm the senior pastor here at the Village Church. Thank you so much for joining us today. And if you are a first time guest, thank you uh, for being with us this morning. I just want to go over some of the announcements that were said earlier, just in case uh, you weren't here. Uh, there will be a youth and parents meeting uh, after the service. Uh, definitely when all the youth and the parents of youth and anyone who's interested in youth ministry here at TBC to uh, be part of that meeting. We also have our Kids program and First Steps program also after the service. And also, if you are interested in going through the new members class, uh, it's called our Inner the Village class. That's the class we ask all new members to go to be part of. Or if you're just interested in learning more about the church, there's a sign-up sheet out in the uh, foyer on the information desk. So uh, now is the time of prayer supplication. So what is a prayer supplication? That is a time for you to bring your needs to God or also make intercession for uh, those in your life who are in need. So I'm going to pray, and will you please pray uh, along with me? Please join me. Father, you you are not blind to uh, the needs that we have. You are not blind to the needs that that the world has. You see clearly what the fall has done. You see clearly what evil is doing. And we pray into that today as your covenant people. We pray that you give wisdom to national leaders as the conflict in Ukraine progresses. We pray that people will lead out of humility. And we pray for peace there. And we pray for other conflicts that are happening around the world that doesn't get any attention on the news. That you bring peace to those places too. And Father, we pray for our government. We pray for our local government. We pray for our president that you help these individuals to lead in humility. We know that the heart of the kings are in your hands that no leader in this world is sovereign. No leader in this world is you. And no leader in this world is more powerful than you. And nothing man can do can stop your plan. Nothing. Your plan, your will, your agenda will come to pass. And so I pray for those in our congregation who may be dealing with mental health struggles that you are Minister to them. Give them the courage to seek help. I pray for those in, in our congregation who may be dealing with relational problems and marriage problems and conflicts with kids, conflicts with parents, that you will help them to extend grace to one another, to keep short accounts with one another. And I pray for the conflicts that may be within our local body here. Lord, that we will extend grace to one another. That we would know that each of us have broken places. That none of us are without our own issues. That none of us here have it all together. We're broken people coming together. You're the only one in this place who's not broken. Now, you were broken. On Calvary. But, Lord, you didn't stay in the grave. The grave was not strong enough to keep you. You rose again in power resurrection power. And I believe that your Holy Spirit, your people, we have resurrection power living in us. And because of that, Lord, we can walk in humility. We can walk in a, in a footstep that you already um, laid out for us. We can extend grace, we can extend forgiveness. We don't have to get mad and leave here when it gets hard. There there are no perfect churches. There are no churches that, that are without sin, that's without issues. Relationships are hard. And if you're going to do life together, then you got to embrace that. But the good news is that we don't have to do life as orphans. We do life as the beloved. Sons and daughters of the king who was broken for us. We're not in this place by accident. If we're called to be part of this body that's trying to be intercultural, then this is where you want us. And if we're here, then we need to be here and do life together. No more cafeteria diversity. No more occupying the same space as different cultures, but not really engaging each other's lives. Help us to really engage one another. And we can't do that apart from your spirit. We can't do that apart from you laying aside pride, cultural pride, political pride. We need one another. And if we're called here, Lord, will you make us a beautiful community, a place where unbelievers look in and see those people are broken and messy, but, man, they show love each other. And the only reason that we will be able to say that is because the cross is at the center of this community and not us. Not our ethnicity, not our politics, not our culture, not our agenda. The cross. Where all our sin has been laid upon Jesus. We have what is living in us to do life together as a body of Christ. The question is, what are we willing to sacrifice to make that happen? And we can't sacrifice anything, Holy Spirit, if you're not moving. And I pray that you will move. It's in Christ's name I pray. Amen. If you have your Bible, please um, open it to Luke 22 or your smartphone. Uh, open your Bible out there. Luke 22. The focus today will be on verses 7 through 23. Luke 22, verses 7 through 23. Uh, The series This is Easter uh, follows Jesus Christ throughout his Passion Week. It chronicles uh, his final days on earth, his highs and lows, his joys, his pains, his crucifixion, and his resurrection. In episode one, we saw Jesus enters, enters Jerusalem as a different kind of king. In episode two, he exercises his uh, authority by cleansing out the temple. And last week, in episode three, we, we saw Jesus' body as anointed. And right now, we're going to jump into episode four of This is Easter. And the title of this episode is His Last Supper. His Last Supper. And it's detailed right here in Luke twenty two, verses seven through thirty eight. And in this episode, Jesus is gonna send and instruct his apostles, his disciples, during his last supper. He's gonna give details about what it means to to partake of that meal which we will partake of today. So again, as we before I go further in the sermon, uh, please pray with him for me. Holy Spirit, as I pray each week, as I will continue to pray all the days of my life here, is that preaching has no power apart from you. The preacher is just a vessel, or instrument to be used by you to deliver God's word in God's way to God's people. So I pray that my pride whatever is in me that wants man praise, that you will move all that to the side and that you will take over. And, and you know what, what each person here or each person watching online, you know what they're dealing with, and you know the word that, that they need to hear today. And I pray that that's what they will hear. They will receive what they, are, they need, Lord, the encouragement they need, the advice that they need the counsel that they need, and if they need to be rebuked, that they will receive that too. And again, I pray for all this in Christ's name. Amen. Every story that you read or every movie that you watch, there has there's a setting to it. And the setting is a literary element that tells you where and when a story takes place. It involves culture, a historical period, or geography, or hour, or individual location, like a Church building or a coffee shop, that the setting serves as a backdrop to everything that happens in the story. So, what's the setting of episode four of This Is Easter? What's the setting? Well, it takes place in first century Jerusalem, and more details about the setting are recorded in the first six verses of this chapter. In verse one, we verse one gives us the time of the year or the season. It's it's during the season of the Feast of Unleavened Bread and the Passover. It's two days before the actual celebration. Verse 2 introduces certain characters with their intentions and motives. These are religious leaders of the day who meet in secret in order to plot to kill your Jesus. You see, they meet in secret because they fear the people, because the people follow Jesus. So they are trying to figure out a way how can we deal with Jesus when the people isn't aren't around? And then in verses 3 through 6, it introduces another character with his intentions and motives. It's one of Jesus' disciples. One of the men who have been walking with him for three years. He agrees to work with these religious leaders. The disciple plans to betray Jesus in the absence of the crowd but in the presence of these religious leaders. These verses are the backdrop to what unfolds here in episode 4. And this episode unfolds in three, in two scenes with these six verses in the background. The, bright, the background of the Passover and the background of the plan to destroy Jesus. And up in scene 1, Jesus sends out two of his disciples to prepare the Passover. This supper takes place during the season of unleavened bread. So what is the unleavened bread? And where in the world is a Passover? The Passover is an actual meal that happens on a single day. It's called it's on the day in the Hebrew calendar, Nasin 14th. That's March or April, during our time right now. The day of unleavened bread is a seven-day feast that begins after the Passover on the 15th. So both this feast and this celebration are, they celebrate Israel's um, exodus from slavery in Egypt. So every time they partake of this meal and this feast, they are remembering what God has done for them a long time ago. And in many Jewish homes, they still celebrate this as a reminder of what God's deliverance in the past. And both these meals both of these events were intended to happen separately in Israel. But according to the Cyclopedia um, um Judaica, the Passover consists of two parts now. The Passover ceremony and the Feast of Unleavened Bread. Originally, both were they existed separately, but at the beginning of the Babylonian exile, they were now combined. So now, when you read what you read in verse 7 and in verse 1, it's talking about both events together. They are not combined together. So look at Luke. Uh, look at verse seven. Luke writes, "Then the day of unleavened bread arrives, on the Passover on which the Passover lamb had to be slaughtered." What does these words mean? One pastor says, "This verse isn't referring to the holy day that begins the week-long feast, but it's the season of unleavened bread, which happens on Nisan 13th, the day before." So the disciples are watching all the people around them make their preparations for the Passover. And all of this happens on the 13th, not the 14th. And so as the day comes to an end, they'll begin to wonder, well, what's our plans for the Passover? And so they ask Jesus for his plan. And just after sunset, at the beginning of the 14th, he gives them his plan. He sends out Peter and John to Prepare the Passover meal in the home of a person that Jesus already made arrangements with. Okay? I know you read that and it's like, how does this guy know who the teacher is? Jesus made arrangements beforehand. He didn't spend all of his time with the disciples now. That's what we just have here. Look at verse, let's look at scene one, beginning at verse eight. Jesus sends out Peter and John saying, go and prepare the Passover for us that we may eat it. And they said to him, where will you have us prepare it? He said to them, behold, when you enter the city, a man carrying a jar of water will meet you. Follow him into a house that he enters and tell the master of the house. The teacher says to you, where is the guest room where I may eat the Passover with my disciples? And he will show you a large upper room furnished, prepare it there. And So they head into the city. They find everything as Jesus told them. But what does it mean for John and Peter to prepare the Passover meal? Is the lamb and all the side items already in the upper room, just waiting for them? What do y'all think? See, Peter and John, they aren't working with our modern conveniences no, no Kroger, no Trader Joe's, no Publix, no Walmart no Whole Foods, and definitely no Costco. There's no online ordering, and no one's going to deliver the food to them. And there's no Crocker Bear where they can get everything pre-made for them. So early on, the uh, Sun 14, they, they have to go grocery shopping at some local food stand. They have to bring, get all the items themselves, bring it back to this house. They have to slaughter the lamb, wash it, and season it. Then they have to cook it with all the side items. And then they set the table in preparations for the meal that they're going to receive later that day. So when you look at verse 14 where it says, when the hour came, the hour that comes is mealtime. It's time to celebrate. And this hour also transitions to the second scene of this is Easter. And in this scene, Jesus gives instructions on how his last supper is to be partaken. This is how I want you to partake of it. The scene opens with him and the disciples reclining at a table together in the upper room, ready to eat, ready to break bread, ready to celebrate. Now, what kind of emotions do you feel when you're sitting at a table ready to partake of a good meal? Like Easter meal, Easter dinner, Thanksgiving dinner, Christmas dinner. Now, what kind of thoughts are you thinking when you see all that food sitting on the table? It's ready for you to just partake of it. Like you ready to dive in. Are like you ready to put some work in? And, no, you just took the words right out of my mouth. And you don't want no long prayers. You don't want no long speeches from auntie or uncle. And you definitely don't want any family drama. You're like, can we just eat, relax, and eat in peace? So those, that's kind of the mood, I believe, that's in the upper room. They come in, they're relaxing, laughing, and, and ready to celebrate. They're looking forward to filling their bellies with this roasted lamb, especially the two that prepared it. But then Jesus, that's right, but then Jesus, he gets sentimental before they eat. He gets into his feelings at his last supper, and the mood at the table changes. Do you all know why it changes? You see, Jesus knows something they don't know. He knows this is his last supper with them on earth. He knows this is his last Passover celebration with these men. And he feels the weight of this reality. He laments it. And he's filled with all different kinds of emotions. Look at verse 15. He says to them, I have earnestly desired to eat this Passover with you. Before I suffer. The message Bible says. You have no idea. How much I have looked forward to eating this Passover meal with you. Before I enter my time. Of suffering. Listen to Listen, saints. The disciples. Don't have a clue. Of what's happening here. They have no idea that this is going to be their last meal with Jesus. To them, this is just like the other two Passovers we had with them. No difference. They don't know. They don't know how this week is going to end. Each of them are like each of them are like Will Robinson from Lost in Space. You know the robot has to tell them danger, Will Robinson. Danger, danger is coming, and they don't know it, but Jesus does. He does. That pronoun you in verse 15 is plural. So Jesus is saying, and if he was so, then he would be like, I greatly desire to eat this Passover with y'all before I suffer. Partaking this last supper with, uh, with his disciples is what makes it special for Jesus. And this is love, this is affection, this is intimacy. This is him being Emmanuel in real time. Is Jesus Emmanuel in your life in real time? Like right now? He is, but do you believe it? But do you really believe it? Notice that he doesn't let his common suffering rob him of this moment with his disciples. Again, he knows what's coming. He's known part of his whole life. He's fully present with them as the cross looms over him. He's enjoying fellowship as his suffering hangs over his head. He's engaging them as his death for your sins awaits him on Friday. Think about that. Who, who could do that? Like if you know you're going to die in a day, Are you really breaking bread and laughing and hanging out? No, you're not. You're trying to figure out how could I not make this happen? Jesus is the only one who saw his future and didn't run from it. He saw his future and didn't run from it. Do you believe Jesus is fully present with you? Do you really believe that? Do you really believe he enjoys fellowshipping with you? Please receive these words. Your brokenness, your stubbornness, and your sinfulness will never cause Jesus to get up from the table and leave. That's a... Your brokenness, your stubbornness, Your sinfulness will never cause Jesus to get up from the table, throw down his napkin, and get up from the table and say, I'm done with you. That's what the cross is about. He reclines at the table with you because he loves you, enjoys you, and likes you. And he stays at the table with you because he loves you, enjoys you, and likes you. He says to his disciples, for I tell y'all, I will not eat of it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of heaven. And then he takes the cup and having given things, he he says, take this and and divide it amongst yourselves. For I tell you from now on, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. What do those words mean? Jesus giving instructions to himself about his own meal. These instructions are really a promise he's making to his disciples. Again, Jesus still at the table now. He ain't got up yet. Making a promise in the presence of an enemy. And what does that mean? He makes promises to enemies. He turns enemies into sons and daughters. He dines with enemies, turns them into friends. Remember, he ain't sitting at your table because you were a friend. He sat down at your table and then you became a friend. Jesus would not eat this meal or drink this wine again until the kingdom of God comes in all of its fullness and all of its glory. That is, until heavens and new earth arise with his second coming. He won't partake of this meal and drink again until all of his people are fully delivered and fully redeemed. That's what he's saying. In Matthew 27, 28, he says to the twelve I tell y'all, I will not drink from this fruit of the vine from now on until the day I drank it new with y'all in my Father's kingdom. In my Father's kingdom. Do, do you have any idea what, what these words mean? Like you, Jesus lives in the already and not yet. What do you mean, Pastor? He experiences it already not yet. Why? Because his fellowship with you ain't perfect yet. We're not the only ones waiting for the second coming. He's waiting. He's waiting for the day when he can see you face to face. He's waiting for the day when his fellowship with you will be perfect, without sin, without distance, without brokenness. Jesus can't wait until your faith is made sight. You're not the only one waiting for that. He's in the already not yet with you. And at this moment, he's in heaven longing to be with his people face to face in his father's kingdom. He said, I'm not going to eat this meal again until you arrive. I'm not going to drink from this cup again until y'all arrive. He's waiting. Well, I tell y'all, I've not drank from the fruit of the vine from now on until the day I drink it anew with y'all in my Father's kingdom. Do you believe it? That's love. That's affection. That's intimacy. In verses 19 and 20, Jesus moves and gives instructions to the disciples on how to protect the Last Supper. He takes the bread and and when he gives thanks, he, he breaks the bread and he gives it to them, saying, This is my body, which is for you all. Do this in remembrance of me. And likewise he he took the cup, and, and after finishing after they finished eating, saying, This the cup that is poured out for you in the new covenant in my blood. This bread is my body, this cup is my blood. Do this in remembrance of me. Wait, what in the world is he talking about? Now, can y'all picture what the disciples may be thinking at this point? Like, okay, all right, he done got sentimental. Now he's talking about his blood and his body. Like, I don't know what's happening. They're thinking the same thing each of you will be thinking. I'm sure most of you have had dinner or at the table or at school in the lunchroom. When someone says something that seems so far off, they're trying to be deep, but it's confusing. And no one says anything, but people just start making eye contact and just like I don't know. And y'all know what I'm talking about. And the disciples are like, "Wait a minute! Like Jesus this is too deep. I, I just want some lamb. I don't know anything about blood and your and your body. I don't really know what's happening here. Like, can I can I just eat the lamb? See, Jesus is instituting what we call the Lord's Supper." with these instructions to the disciples. They don't know that yet. That's still to come, but that's what he's doing. They are to follow these instructions every time they partake of this meal. This is Jesus' last supper, but it's not theirs. They will continue to celebrate this supper forever until Christ comes back. We still follow those same instructions. Because the Lord's Supper is what we call a sacrament of the church. And it was instituted right here at this meal. And this supper, Jesus gives to provide spiritual nourishment to all believers. To all Christians. And this meal, yes, the meal is for Christians only. If you're not a believer, then this meal is for you. Isn't for you to partake. Instead, it's an invitation for you to come to Christ and stay in faith. Because that's what the meal represents. What Christ did on the cross, his life, his death, his resurrection. Remember Jesus' words to his disciples You have no idea how much I look forward to eating this meal, this Passover with you before I enter my suffering. The suffering uh, Jesus enter in, enters into is for your sins. Again, and it's for any means. So what, is, what, what, what sin is he, is he going to suffer from, Pastor? Sins of self-righteousness, sins of unrighteousness. Sins of morality, sins of immorality. All of them. Internal sins, external sins. Sinful thoughts, sinful behaviors. He's going to die in your place for all of them. He's going to receive the full weight of God's wrath in your place. Again, he that's over him. He, he that's, that's over his head. All the punishment that was meant for our sin is going to be put on Jesus on the cross. And yet he's still able to spend intimate time with his disciples in light of what's coming. If he's able to do that here, how much more he's able to do that with you? How much more? Give him some credit. Give him some credit. So if you don't know Jesus, if you're still trying to be your own savior, if you're still running to other things, And it's also for the kids and youth here. Do do you really want to be free? Because as as a youth, if you don't know Jesus and you think you don't need Jesus, you're going to spend the rest of your life looking for a savior that ain't ever going to save you. Your job ain't going to save you. Your future spouse ain't going to save you. Money ain't going to save you. Success ain't going to save you. And going to the council complaining about your parents later on ain't going to save you either. What saves you is Jesus. You want peace. You want freedom. You want hope. You want satisfaction. You want true joy. Then you have to surrender your life to Jesus in faith. And if you never do that, your life is just going to be built on sinking sand. So you're either going to be standing on a firm foundation or oh, you're gonna be standing on sinking sand, never satisfied. Notice I didn't say you're gonna have a happy life. I say you can have a satisfying life in Christ. What do you want? Who and adults, who's really your Savior? Who's really at your table? Who do you really break bread with? Is it Jesus? The Westminster of Catechism says, "The Lord's Supper is a sacrament of the New Testament, wherein, by giving and receiving bread and wine according to the appointment of Jesus Christ, His death is showed forth, and that they and that and they that are, that worthily communicate feed upon His body and blood to the spiritual nourishment, growth, and grace." Have their communion and union with him confirmed, testify, and renew their thankfulness and engagement to God in their mutual love and fellowship with each other as members of the same mystical body. Have you ever thought about communion that way? That it also strengthens our bond as the beloved? Look at the table before you. It is a reminder that Jesus welcomes his people to come and partake of this meal. And again, friends and neighbors, if you don't know Christ, I thank you for still being here. And if you have questions about what it means to know Jesus, again, we can. I know I just gave a, a short presentation of the gospel, but I would definitely be willing to sit down with you and talk with you further about what does it truly mean to have saving faith in Christ alone. I would love to sit down with you talk with you about that much more. Adults, we ask that the kids with you abstain from the elements until they have been invited to the table by the church that you are a member of. And can I have the attention of all TVC kids and TVC youth, this is my favorite part of communion. I want you to know what, what this meal, again, what this meal represents. It represents the fact that Christ loves you. It represents the fact that he wants you to come to him in saving faith. And as your pastor, that's my prayer for you. That each of you will leave the village church. Go on and do what God's going to call you to do. But you will leave here as beloved sons and daughters of the king. And you will know that God loves you and wants to be in communion and in a relationship with you. And through Christ, that is possible. So until that day happens, then watch what we do here. And one day when you come to Save in Faith, you get to partake of this meal with us. I'd like to ask the officers to come forward who's going to help me pass out the elements. And as they do, I'm going to say a word of prayer. Amen. Father, thank you for my prayers that you will use this meal to give nourishment to your people today. And for those who are here who don't know Christ, Holy Spirit, let them observe. Holy Spirit, pull their hearts in. Bring them to the place of repentance, confession, acceptance of Christ in faith and trust. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. Psalm 16 says, Preserve me, O Lord, for in you I take refuge. I say to the Lord, You are my Lord. I have no good apart from you. Also, if you need gluten-free bread, it's also here. So just let the elders know. I love you, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, my deliverer, my God, my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield, the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. I call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised, and I'm saved from all my enemies. lord jesus on the night in which he was betrayed he took bread and when he had given things he broke it and he gave it to his disciples saying take and eat this is my body which is for you do this in remembrance of me this is christ's body broken for you eat of it all of you. same manner. He also took the cup. And having given thanks, he gave it to his disciples, saying this cup is a new covenant in my blood, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. This is Christ's blood shed for all your sins, past, present, and future. Drink from it, all of you. Holy Spirit, I pray to you now and ask that you will give the spiritual nourishment to uh, the sons and daughters of God who are here today. You know the places where we're weary, the places where we're struggling. I pray that you will give the nourishment that we need today to go back out for another week to do life as sons and daughters of the king. And I pray for all this in Christ's name. Amen. Will you please stand as we close our service?
0: I think of my blessed Redeemer. I think of him all the day long. I sing for I cannot be silent. His love is the theme of my song. Oh, redeem, redeem, redeem by the blood of the lamb. Redeem, redeem. This child
5: child forever I am. You saying it, but do you believe it? I hope so. Uh, also, uh, we're going to have our First Steps and um, Village Kids uh, um, events after the service, and also the Youth and Parent Meeting in, in five minutes after the service. Also, if you're interested in a new members class, the sign-up sheets outside in the foyer, and if you are a first-time guest, please uh, do us a favor and fill out one of our information cards. That's one of the ways in which we can uh, reach out with you, connect with you, and, and hopefully, you know you want to be part of our family here. And here's God's benediction to His beloved sons and daughters. And my God will supply every need of yours according to the riches and glory in Christ Jesus. To God our God, to our Father, to God our Father, be glory forever and ever. Amen. Please greet one of the saints.